This is the Patriot Radio News Hour, brought to you by the Patriot Trading Group. For all your gold and silver buying needs, call them at 1-800-951-0592 or log on to allamericangold.com. Broadcast for Tuesday, March the 29th, 2016. Hey, good morning and welcome. It's the Patriot Radio News Hour. I welcome you and... I, I will just tell you guys this. It's kind of cloudy outside. It's 55 degrees. It's a little bit different here in the Phoenix area. For those of you who are in Colorado, though, enjoy that snow. Hey, what do we do here? It's gold and silver, the physical delivery of it. And you can give us a call anytime at one 800 Or go check us out online at allamericangold.com. Not only can you order online, but you can check out the news to disturb the comfortable. But we don't tell you what to think, but we certainly give you something to think about. This show is brought to you by the Patriot Trading Group and its owner. He's the guy who puts all the research into this show, and he's the man, I will tell you, that is vested in holding that federal government, the Fed, accountable. Joe, is there anything that you want to share with us today hey, well, just magnificent in, in, in information? Well, first of all, welcome back. Thank you. It's nice to be back. Homer was uh, unavailable yesterday. A little under the weather. You know, and I know that normally you have this issue around the holidays, but it's usually because your in-laws are in town, and it's incredible how you are always sick after they're in town. But I was like, wait a minute. The in-laws didn't come down for Easter. And then, of course, uh, today, this morning, we talked about it. It was the it was the devil eggs. I can't have too many of those. Everybody knows it. I have a problem with deviled eggs. <laughs> and I'm just telling you, like I said. Sounds like you had more I, than one too many. I, I may have had one too many because I'm telling you, bad belly, bad belly, bad belly. All I'm right, just glad that. nobody rode in a car with me for a long time. That was uh, on well, that note. Back. On that we're glad, note, we're, move we're on. Glad, <laughs> moving right along. We're glad you're back. Uh, got a little bit of a rally here in gold. Janet Yellen getting ready to to talk later today, and a big article in well, pretty much all over in the Wall Street Journal USA today. Fifteen dollars an hour is coming to America. Matter of fact, California will now become the biggest state, it's the biggest state in the union, it's going to raise its minimum wage to $15 an hour by 2022. And uh, by then it may be too late. Well, let me tell you, you though. You may need more. Here's how bad it really is. Now, you think about California. Okay, this is a huge state, the most populous state. I, I think outside of maybe New the New York City area, and probably really more like Manhattan, one of the, if not the most expensive state to live in. This is this is really underscores everything I've been talking about when it comes to jobs in this country. According to the USA Today, the move to fifteen dollars an hour is going to boost the wages of more than one in three workers in California. Now, I don't know what more is. Is that 
Is that 40% of all workers? Because one in three is 33%. And they're saying it's more than that. So you think about all of the jobs, and, you know, of course, Silicon Valley's out there, right? And, and, and we all know about how expensive it is to live in the Bay Area and L.A. and San Diego. And you're telling me that over the over a third of the people that work in the state of California don't even make 15 bucks. They don't. The plan to raise the minimum wage, they're going to start with 50 cents in 2017, 50 cents in 2018, and then a dollar an hour until they get to 15. It says that currently, they're, well, then they'll go to 10.50, then 11 by 2018, and then a dollar a year from 2018 to 2022, and uh, to get to $15 an hour. And, and Homer, you may be right. I mean, you think about it. That's you know, it's 2016 now. So in another six years, by the time they get to 15, what is it going to be? We need 25, 30. But this is, uh, I guess we're going to find out. Are all the jobs going to leave California, you know, and all that stuff? But $15 an hour is going to start. And, and you think about the federal government, we're not even at $8 as the, you know, as what the Fed mandates the minimum wage should be. And I guess then again, maybe the, sh- the state should just do their own thing. Do we need a federal minimum wage anymore? I don't know. But I will say this, $15 an hour, uh, it's taken, what, three or four years now, and now California is now the first day. We've seen, you know, like SeaTac in Seattle has done it. We've seen certain cities do it. Uh, this is the first uh, the first state to get to $15 an hour. It will be California. Well, I, let me throw something out there. It's just uh, food for thought here. Um, if Donald Trump has his way, perhaps the Mexican government will pay our employees that $15 an hour to build that wall all the way across the the United States-Mexico border. So, I mean, where will this money come from? Apparently, well, you know what? Here's the know? problem. The, the funny thing that people didn't realize is how much it's actually going to cost the state of California because, let's face it, who's the largest employer in most states? The Fed. The, the, government, the, government. the state government. And... and uh, Initial reports are saying it's going to cost California over $4 billion a year. And, of course, these are just the initial reports. They probably forgot an entire zero on that. But uh, welcome to $15 an hour in California, and I'm sure the rest of the nation's going to follow. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. Patriot Radio News Hour, our toll free number 800 dollars $15 an hour coming to California. Uh, the biggest loser in all of that actually is going to be the state itself, not to mention all the cities. Then the biggest loser, the taxpayer, is going to pay more. Well, here's the great part is you're putting more income in these people's wallets, so California already with some of the highest tax rates. I guess you can recoup some of that there. 
Uh, but even with that, the losses for California are going to be in the billions. And I only bring it up because here's some things. You know, we talked about Atlantic City. Right? They're broke. They need a bailout from the state of New Jersey, who's also broke. And starting, what is it, next week, they'll have to start issuing IOUs unless the state comes up with money. Uh, also, the city of Chicago just borrowed another $220 million as the city's precarious pension funding is becoming even more daunting. It says the, the, the city drew the money down from a $900 million line of short-term credit, essentially putting it on a credit card. Uh, the money is due at the end of the year to Chicago's police and fire pension funds. State law requires that they deposit the money with the Treasury to demonstrate that they'll actually have the money available when needed. Uh, the city's required to raise enough money through property taxes to make the police and fire pension contributions, which have increased dramatically. And uh, they're saying that right now they've got a $12.2 billion shortfall within the two funds. So they they said, oh, well, here's, a, here's, 200 mil- here's the point two of, uh, <laughs> of the shortfall. Uh, th- then... Uh, Right after that, Moody's came out and said that, well, I guess pretty much all of the rating agencies have now cut Chicago's credit rating to the lowest investment grade possible. Uh, Fitch said they did this after the Illinois Supreme Court tossed out Chicago's plan for dealing with the mounting debt to its pension workers. Uh, But the sad part is, that while it's one right now they're one rank above junk but they said the ratings is still the outlook is negative and they said they're prepared to go even further uh that that affects 9.8 billion dollars in general obligation bonds and 486 billions of debt backed by sales taxes uh the list goes on and on and it says that uh Chicago is facing reducing a $20 billion shortfall in its, all of its retirement funds. So you see, the, the fire in the police is $12 billion. Then they've got another $8 billion in other people, and, and that's just Chicago. And then you start thinking about, you know, all of the, the thing, you know, what, like Cyprus, Greece, which were national-type level things. And there was a really good article out, and and I think it's it's something where every once in a while we need to go back and touch upon things that people, you know, they don't want you to know. All the, the dirty little details. Uh, specifically, why is it that a country like, say, Cyprus or Greece, wasn't able to default. When you think about what's happening in Atlantic City, what's happening in Chicago, like Chicago, I mean, they owe, they owe way more money than Greece does. But why weren't they allowed to default? 
And there is an article out talking about the world will soon be facing a tsunami of defaults on bad debt. This will include municipal, local government defaults, government, I guess, national government defaulting on promises that they've made to people. They specifically mentioned Social Security and Medicaid. A default on social contracts between society and politicians, such as the one in Cyprus. And they said a default on the private property, because that's really what happened. You know, when you think about what they did, is they they essentially defaulted on, on your money, on your property. Stealth defaults on debt in the form of inflation. And finally, of course, outright sovereign defaults. And uh, I don't know if Janet Yellen's talking right now, uh, but gold just jumped about $8, $9. Gold's up $16 right now, $1,236. We'll wait for the break. We'll see what happened there. But getting back to the article, they said the reason that sovereign bonds and they mentioned in this article U.S. Treasuries, German boons, Japanese government bonds, the senior most collateral uh, posted by the banks. In other words, these big banks hold more of this type of debt than any other. Trillions of dollars worth of derivatives. The minute an actual sovereign default occurs in Europe, Asia, or the United States, large global banks would be vaporized. In other words, they would be insulted in the matter of minutes. It is clear now that central banks do not care about ordinary citizens. They only care about propping up banks. And, of course, we talked about this. This is what all the bailouts, this is what all the quantitative easing, this is what it's all for. This is why our central bank pays, still pays, not only our banks, but foreign banks, not to lend money, to prop up their, their I guess, their quote-unquote profits. And it's why Cyprus, decided default to default on a social contract with its people and steal their funds out from their bank accounts instead of simply initiating a formal default. It's why in the general we're going to see governments implementing more and more theft in the form of, and they use the word taxes in parentheses, because that's what Cyprus called it, you know, a tax. Make no mistakes, the word wealth tax means freezing of assets and then taking some of your savings. And now this is all laid out. This was laid out in the Dodd-Frank legislation obviously was used, and and we talked about this when it happened. Cyprus was the test. Greece was a test. 
And, of course, we still know it's all still happening in both of these countries. And they're talking about selling this tax will be sold to the public as either an attempt to tax those with a lot of money because it's only fair that they put more into the bailout of the nation. In other words, let's face it, who's going to pay the biggest piece? Well, we know in Cyprus who got hit the hardest, the people with the most money in the bank. And here's what they have to say. It says that according to a document released by the United States Central Bank, the FDIC, and the Bank of England, they published a paper proposing precisely these methods to deal with what they call systematically important financial entities. See, isn't it nice when you when you take the word bank and use a different word? Entity sounds so much better, because let's face it, if they use the word bank, people would be upset. Because remember, after the financial crisis, too big to fail was supposed to be over. Apparently, not only is it not over, it's even worse. Well, of course, we know it's even worse because they're even bigger. The, the the paper focuses on what they call a top-down resolution strategy that involves a single resolution authority applying its power to the top of the financial group, doing it at what they call a parent company level. The paper discusses how a top-down strategy could be implemented in the United States or in the United Kingdom in a cross-border context. Because here's the problem. Any one of these banks goes, all of the banks go. And it really doesn't matter, a U.S. bank, an English bank, a German bank. And here's what they said. According to the, the paper, In all likelihood, shareholders would lose all value, and unsecured creditors should thus expect that their claims would be written down to reflect any losses that shareholders did not cover. It says that legal safeguards ensure that creditors recover no less than they would under insolvency. And it said that essentially the operation of the SIFI, Systemically Important Financial Entities, to the private sector would be provided by exchanging or hurting a a sufficient amount of the unsecured debt from the original creditors of the failing company into equity. So here's what they're going to do. Okay, so as we sit there and we think about California says we got to pay $15 an hour, even though it's going to have adverse effects on not only the cities but the state's budget. Atlantic City is broke. Chicago just got downgraded to, well, they're almost at junk. 
and they're getting ready to go to junk, and they're broke, and the state of Illinois is broke, and Pennsylvania is broke, and New Jersey's broke, and Connecticut's broke. And the plan is they're going to go in, and all of these banks, they hold all of this stuff. And think about it. How many of you out there that invest in bonds hold municipal debt? Chicago alone makes Greece and Cyprus look minute. But the problem is much bigger. So what their new plan is, and this is, you know, we, we talked about bail-in. Right? They're going to, just like they did in Cyprus, just like they did in Greece, nobody can take out money. Right? Or they'll, they'll give you some arbitrary amount. You know, you can take out $100 a week or something like that. But you can't go and close your accounts. And I know most of us want to believe, oh, no, but well, before that, I'll get my money out of there. No, you're not. <laughs> Trust me. Just think about Bear Stearns. They were out on television the day before they were essentially bankrupt telling everybody on national TV, everything's fine here. Nothing to worry about. The very next day, they pretty much cease to exist. But they're going to, when they take their money, they're going to give you something in return. We're going to talk about that next. Welcome back. Patriot Radio News Hour, 800 Nine five one zero five nine two. Uh, just to get you up to speed, really quickly, Janet Yellen speaking right now uh, to the. Uh, well, she's in New York. Yeah, the Economic Club of New York. And uh, well, I'm just going to tell you what she said, and this really plays into exactly what I'm warning you about. And I've, I've been telling you all along the rate hike thing. That's old news. We've got much, much bigger problems uh, coming, not only uh, when we talk about interest rates, not only when we talk about debt, not only when we talk about negative rates and and possibly bail-ins of banks. Uh, Right now, gold's up $17, and it's still rising $1,237. Silver is up as well, $15.33. As Janet Yellen acknowledged that the economy and financial conditions in some respects are less favorable now than they were in December. Of course, December uh, is when they gave the, the, the quarter of a point hike, which I told you then was a mistake, which I also told you gold's going to scream, which it did. Uh, she's out today essentially saying the very exact opposite of what those four non-voting members had to say, saying in respect, economic, well, some economic conditions are actually worse now than they were in January. Uh, gold's now up 20. And we are talking about what are these effects going to be? Why is it? That such small amounts of debt, and I say small amounts, relatively speaking, 
talking about Cyprus, talking about Greece. And now all of a sudden we've got to face things that are much more dangerous. Chicago. Of course, Chicago goes down. Illinois goes down with it. Right? And, and, and you start thinking about the article talking about all of these defaults and what they're going to do. And I have no idea who the major counterparty risk holder is to all of that debt. You know, that's the thing a lot of us don't know. Is it all concentrated in a couple of banks? Right? Does somehow Bank of America or J.P. Morgan or Citi or Wells Fargo, do they hold a disproportionate amount of certain types of municipal bonds? I guess we're going to find out. But according to the the FIFI working paper, here's what they plan to do. They're going to go in. The FDIC will take over the bank. They're going to relieve the management position of their duties, which was funny because they didn't do it when they bailed them out, right? I mean, that's supposed to be how it works. Now, apparently this time they're at least going to say all of the senior management team, you're fired. Then they're going to go in and they're going to seize, according to the working paper, whatever amount of capital is necessary. So they're going to go in, they're going to write down all of the debt, all the bad debts off, do all that stuff, and then determine exactly how much money that the bank needs. Right? Bust all the share. If you own the stock, you get nothing. Right, If you are a, a person that banks at that bank, your accounts are going to be, I'll use the word frozen, you're not going to be able to get your money out. How's that? That's the best way I can describe it. Your money's not getting out of there until after they're done with it. Now, if they, they in this example, they used a million dollars. Anybody that has a million dollars, uh, you know, in a in one bank, you're you're foolish. But anyway, this is the amount that they use. And they said, if you had a million dollars, and let's just say they determined that they needed fifty percent, and that was the example that they used, fifty percent. You would have $500,000 in your account. And the other 500000 they would give you, I guess, stock in the new bank. And you wouldn't be able to sell the stock. You wouldn't be able to do anything with the stock. But, but that, that's how they're going to say, see, we didn't really take your money. Well, first of all, it wasn't your money. You put it in the bank, you're an unsecured creditor. But to make you feel better, we're not just going to take your money and give you nothing. We're going to take your money and give you some paper. Now, they don't say what, they don't even say how you can use the stock. If you can sell it, not sell it, they didn't get that far. But essentially, the equity holders, would take on the corresponding risk of being shareholders in the new financial institution. 
which which essentially means you're going to get issued stock. So you can feel better about that. They're just not, at least according to this, the SIFI, they're not just going to go in and take your money. They are going to take, well, let me rephrase that. They're going to go in and take your money. But because they're such swell guys, they're going to issue some stock in this new bank. And that's what you're going to get in its place. It says that Title II, it's great when you learn new stuff, Title II of the Dodd-Frank Act. Now remember, Dodd-Frank, they told us was supposed to end too big to fail. That's not what it ended. Dodd-Frank simply ended a taxpayer bailout. And instead of a taxpayer bailout, Now you're going to get the bail-in where all of us get to pay. And it says that Title II of the Dodd-Frank Act provides the FDIC. You know, and that's the other thing. That's out the window. That whole FDI insurance thing, that's a big scam. You can't insure accounts up to $250,000 when you only got $20 billion to insure trillions of dollars of deposits. It just doesn't work. The FDIC doesn't even have enough money to insure one big bank, more or less all of them. And, of course, our problem is, is we already know all these banks are so woven together. If one of them goes, they all go. So here's the nice part. Don't worry, America. It's not just going to be, well, if you were at the wrong bank, sorry for you. No, it'll be all of us. They'll they'll, they'll get us all. But I'm going to tell you the power that the Dodd-Frank that got the FDIC next. financial company 
that meet specified criteria, including being in default or in danger of default, and whose resolution under the U.S. Bankruptcy Code or other relevant insolvency processes would likely create systemic liability. Title II requires that the losses of any financial company placed into receivership will not be borne by the taxpayer, but the common and preferred stockholders, debt holders, and I apologize for the, if you can hear the, the noise in the background, common and preferred stockholders, debt holders, and other unsecured creditors. Guess who the other unsecured creditors are? And that management responsibility for the condition of the financial company will be replaced. So now we can see very clearly. You know, the government says one thing, but yet it always ends up doing another. And the funny thing about it is they told us Dodd-Frank was going to end too big to fail, but now here we sit, and and it's been, you know, five or six years since Dodd-Frank, maybe even a little longer. And we're starting to realize exactly what it really was, which was simply they just put into place a system where instead of it going to, you know, the federal government bailing them out, we're going to actually follow the law, which, I mean, that's new, I guess, for the government, right? What, following the law? Following the law. And they're going to bail out the banks through confiscation of deposits. And here's the real reason. The real reason is the $700 billion... That was chump change to how much it's really going to cost. And they already know this. And when you sit there and you see Janet Yellen come out today at the Economic Club of New York and say, hey, listen, certain things have gotten worse. People don't know, but certain things, I'm not going to tell you what they are. But you sit there and you see all of the debt. Now, you got to remember, China's selling $100 billion of treasuries every month. Saudi Arabia is selling every single month, right? All of these other oil Mideast countries selling every month. The Europeans selling every single month. Everybody's trying to do the same thing, right, which is trying to save their own economy. And now we have all of this debt that's been tattooed all over the world. To the point now where, listen, I mean, what are we approaching? Got to be approaching, what, 30, 40% of all the debt in the world now, at least uh, nations' debt, national-type debts, are trading at negative rates. And all of these primary dealers 
are starting to have all of these treasuries pile up. Because as we talked about, nobody in the right mind is actually buying this stuff. At least not as an investment. They may be buying it so they can short it and do other things to try to make some money on it. Right? But that's not nearly enough. And you think about we're going to go, we're going to add another, what, 500 and something billion? Who knows what? The fake number is 500, I think, 540 billion this year. That's the fake number, the real number, over 700 billion more in U.S. debt, just U.S. debt this year. What happened two and three years from now when we got to add a trillion dollars a year? A trillion and a half, 10 years from now when we're adding two trillion. And now we're starting to understand what it is that's really been created in the Dodd-Frank legislation. These people are smart. They knew this was coming. Now they put all the pieces in place for them to legally take your money. Patriot Radio News Hour, final segment coming up. Final segment on a Tuesday. I may have to have this show play again tomorrow. I'm going to tell you right now. We talk about loophole. And as I finish this article, did the FDIC, Dodd-Frank, in the working paper with the UK, did the government just provide a loophole out of the FDIC insurance? I want to let you be the judge. We know they don't have the money, but let me read it to you. Any liability at the bank is in danger of being written down should the bank fail. Deposits are considered liabilities according to U.S. banking law. And I've told you this. As a depositor, you're really an unsecured creditor of the bank. So if a large bank fails in the United States, they said the plan is to convert into equity or stock shares in the company. Remember I told you that they, they're going to issue you shares for taking your money. But according to this article, there's no guarantee that that's going to happen because once your money is converted to equity, you now become a shareholder and not a depositor. So you are no longer insured by the FDIC. <laughs> In other words, we've got a loophole, ladies and gentlemen. According to uh, the way the law is written, if the government converts you into a shareholder, which is what Dodd-Frank says is going to happen. You then, by law, are no longer considered a depositor, and therefore, none of your money has to be insured by the FDIC. Just something to think about. Uh, I'll actually send this article to Ramon. We'll have this up on our website tomorrow, and you can read it all for yourself. Quick look here at the markets. Uh, Gold's 
Gold's up eighteen dollars, twelve hundred thirty-seven dollars. Uh, silver's at fifteen dollars and thirty-three cents. Uh, last time I checked, the Dow was negative. Uh, it went higher because Janet Yellen let it be known. Yeah, this is this is uh, yeah, it is. Dow's up sixty points as according to Janet Yellen, certain economic conditions have worsened since December. I think one of the biggest things that's worsened is the debt and lack of people wanting to buy the debt. Uh, what that's going to mean, Chicago just getting downgraded now, getting ready to head to junk status. Time to make sure your financial house is in order. Just think about what the big money's doing. The amount of big money going, because, you know, they do the paper stuff, the ETFs. There hasn't been this kind of inflows into the ETFs since the financial crisis. Something big is coming. Uh, today, U.S. $20 gold pieces. And listen, premiums have come way down. But after today, my guess is that's probably going to be the end of it. 1350 at 800-951-0592. Take the time. Put some away. We'll be back on hump day tomorrow. Take care. Have a wonderful day.